And now, for the show reflecting on classic radio, Hollywood 360, with your host, Carl Amari. He was like a god walking amongst mere mortals. He had a voice that could make a wolverine purr, and suits so fine they made Sinatra look like a hobo. This your place, Carl? Yeah, what do you think? Really? It's really awful. But I have a lot of things that are on order. You know, credit trouble. Pay more attention to your schoolwork and listen to the radio. You always listen to the radio. It's different. Our lives are ruined already. The Whistler. This tape will self-destruct in five seconds. Hello, everyone. I'm Carl Amari, and this is Hollywood 360, the radio show that presents all things entertainment, including trivia contests and games, Movie reviews, celebrity interviews, showbiz news, and classic radio shows. My co-host is the vivacious Lisa Wolf. Hi, Carl. In this hour, it's a comedy episode of The Bickersons, starring Don Amici and Francis Langford from 1947. But it's time now for Movie Jeopardy. Lisa Wolf Trebek will play audio clips from popular movies. I'll try to name the movie while you play along at home. Right, Lisa? That's right, Carl. And this edition of Hollywood 360, I'm going back to the classics. So that mm. means classic movies and classic songs. There's a theme here. Oh. Oh. Is that because I'm a classic? <laughs> that's because you are a classic and you have a classic car. And, True. And that's just your, you know, yeah. your thing. Yeah. The classics. Okay. We play radio classics. So True. today is movie, radio, and uh, music classics. Okay. Sounds okay. good. So here is your first movie classic. What would you do with a brain if you had one? Do? Why, if I, I had give a it to brain, Lisa. I could, <laughs> I yeah, could I while away the hours, <laughs> conferring with the flowers, consulting with the rain. Ba-dum, ba-dum, ba-dum. And my head, I'd be scratching while my thoughts were busy hatching if, if I, I only had, had a brain. brain. <laughs> All right, well, uh, you actually want me to say what that is? Sure, why not? All right, that's um, The um, Wizard of Oz. I know you know, and I know our listeners know, but it's good to say it absolutely right. I yeah. think that you're going to do really well because you know your classics, okay. 1939 yeah. film. So it was nominated for six Academy Awards, but um, what movie did it lose to? In 1939, probably Gone with the Wind. That's exactly right. Mm-hmm. Ding, ding, ding. Great job. Mm-hmm. All right, next film, Classic. Where I'm going, you can't follow. What I've got to do, you can't be any part of. Those I'm no good at being noble, but it doesn't take much to see that the problems of three little people don't amount to a hill of beans in this crazy world. Yeah. Yeah. Someday you'll understand that. Yeah, someday. No, no. No, no, no. Come on. Don't cry. Just looking at you, kid. Just looking at there, you, kid. I had don't, to throw that don't in cry. there. Don't <laughs> cry. Uh, all right, so that's Humphrey Bogart right there, and he's speaking to Ingrid Bergman. Yep. And that is Casablanca. Exactly, going back to 1942. And, of course, it did win the Academy Award mm-hmm. for Best Picture. He was like the third person they uh, offered that role to. The first person was George Raft. He turned it down. Yep. Then they offered it to Ronald Reagan, and he turned it down. They didn't ask you. And then yeah. <laughs> you wouldn't have turned uh, it down. I, was, uh, I wasn't even, uh, a, 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 you know, a thought in my daddy's <laughs> uh, brain at that point. Um, oh, and then, then they offered it to Humphrey Bogart. He said, "Yeah, okay, I'll do this. I'll do movie. this little film." Yeah. All right. So far, so good. Next classic movie. But you are not one of us, and I am not one of you. To me, you're all the beautiful. See, si, ya vengo, Papa. Ruka? 
his pet name for me. <laughs> I like him. And he will like me. No. He is like Bernardo. Afraid. <laughs> Imagine being afraid of you. You see? I see you. Oh, Maria, see only me. Only you. You're the only thing I, think I gave it away there. Forever. Um, what do you think? Is that, uh, it's Maria or something like that? Maria? Um, that's, uh, is it like the one with the gangs fighting mm-hmm. each other and everything? It is. <sighs> um, 1961 musical. Yeah. Um, Rita Moreno's in it. Yes. She plays. Mm-hmm. Okay. I, right. I know Natalie what it Wood. is. Um, Your listeners the sharks are, and yes, the, uh-huh. Your listeners are yelling at you. Um, um, I don't, I, I'm so... I, I never saw it. Um. But I know right. what it is. I know you do. So do I don't get anything? You don't get it. Let well, me, did you, did you say the second. title? And Nat- Natalie uh, Wood's in it? Yeah, I just mentioned that. Oh. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> this is, so it uh, was the highest grossing film of 1961, nominated for 11 Academy Awards and yeah, 110. I, I, could, I, I know. know. What is it? The Sharks and the Jets. Yeah, I don't know. It's West Side Story. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, you I don't know. watch musicals, so. No, I know, but this one's, I, you know, one that you know even so if you haven't seen it. I had to throw one in there for you. <laughs> so mean. <laughs> Just to, you know, keep you down there. She's mean. All right, next one, a yeah. classic. <laughs> Our genie's dead. <laughs> now this Tatalia's is a dead. Carl movie. Philip Tatalia. Yeah. Mo Green. Mm, Mo Green shot him right in the eye. Stracci. Stracci. <laughs> Cuneo. Cuneo. Today I settle all family settle business, all. so don't tell so, me you're innocent, Carl. because you insult my you intelligence. It would salt my intelligence, Carlo. <laughs> <laughs> that is, that's actually um, Godfather 2. That's not even Godfather 1, I don't think. I thought that was Godfather 1, the first um, Godfather from 1972. Yeah, maybe, maybe it was. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay, this was so the first installment Godfather. in the trilogy, Godfather. Yeah, okay. That's exactly right. And okay. I think it needs no uh, introduction, of course, Marlon Brando and Al Pacino. Yeah. And all the good ones. Yeah, I okay. guess maybe. That counts. I'm trying to think. Sure, it that is. was one? All right. Uh, okay. 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 It was one. Okay. Okay. Next. Yeah. It's a classic. <laughs> Tell me, what's your lofty mission in life that lets you sneer at my humble profession? Well, I... I'm an actress. What? On the stage. Oh, on the stage. Well, I'd like to see you act. What are you in right now? I could brush up in my English or uh, bring along an interpreter. That is, if they'd let in a movie actor. Well, I'm not in a play right now, but I will be. I'm going to New York. Oh, you're going to New York. And then someday we'll all hear of you, won't we? Kathy Selden as Juliet, as Lady Macbeth, as King Lear. Well, I'm not sure about this one. I'm going to take a stab in the dark. It's not called a stab in the dark, is it? Um, no, I, I believe that's a star is born. Is that right or no wrong? Oh, I'm no? sorry. Wrong? No, this uh. goes back to 1952. Anything? I don't know what that is. No, um, it's singing in the rain. Oh is yeah, that, that, that is Kelly? Gene Kelly there. Yes, yeah, Gene Kelly exactly. there. Exactly. So uh, yeah, I, I did recognize Gene Kelly, but right, I, I singing didn't in the rain. Give you the music. If you would have had him like dancing in the rain, I would have well, right, figured that I, out. I thought of that, but then literally the music is "I'm singing in the rain." I'm sing- I'm well, singing I probably would have gotten. And it. you may have gotten it if you heard the title in the music. Maybe. So I decided to just give Listen, you a little challenge. You know, don't uh, underestimate my ability to mess up. 
Oh, no, I don't. So I probably would have. <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> no, I wouldn't do that. Well, there's one These more. These are not as easy as I thought. Well, the only ones you won't get are the I, two musicals. I missed the two musicals. Right, but that? there's one more to go. All right. And this one, you absolutely know you love this movie. Okay. Guess what? It's a classic. You mean an institution? A madhouse? People always call a madhouse someplace, don't they? Put her in someplace. I'm sorry. I didn't mean it to sound uncaring. What do you know about caring? Have you ever seen the inside of one of those places? The laughing and the tears. And the cruel eyes studying you. My mother there. But she's harmless. She's as harmless as one of those stuffed birds. Yeah, she won't even swat that fly. I wouldn't even swat that fly. That's uh, well, that's, one. I mean, you know what? This is, uh, it's one of the greatest. I mean, when you I think know. about that, he made this movie, Alfred Hitchcock, mm-hmm. it's, it's obviously Psycho. Yep. Right, exactly. Um, and the fact that he made this movie on a budget of like 800 grand. I know. Made the entire movie on a budget of 800 grand, and he changed cinema because really there wasn't, when you think about it, there wasn't like any kind, this movie really launched the whole horror, mm-hmm. you know, because murdering somebody, this could happen to you. This this could happen. You could go to a hotel, there could be some crazy person, murder you. And that was never that was never done in movies prior to that. So he really opened up a whole new... And, you know, and the fact that people actually want to go see a movie where this happens is yeah. just doesn't even make sense, really. I mean, it changed yeah. cinema, really. It really mm-hmm. did. Terrific well, movie. Yeah. yeah. Uh, some great classics. So Psycho was nominated for four Academy Awards. Um, but, you know, that's about it. But, yeah. Uh, great stuff, great movies, you know, and some great classics. And the and the woman who was a body double in this movie, you know, for her, for, she, you for know, Janet for Janet Lee. Lee in the in the shower mm-hmm. scene, she's still alive. She's like 90 years old. We should get her on the show. Do I'd it, love Carl. To, I will. I will try to get What's her on her the name? show. Do you know? I can't remember her name right okay. now. But I'd love to get her on the show and talk to her about it. I would, too. She got paid 500 bucks. Oh, wow. $500. All right, when we come back, it's the Bickersons, Donna Michi, Francis Langford. Stick around. More Hollywood 360 after these important messages. Now back to the best in classic radio on Hollywood 360. Norman! Norman! He's still back there. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. And I haven't watched that movie in a long time. The series, let me tell you, Bates Motel, if yes. you've never seen the series, it was just genius. Absolutely genius. If you uh, want to, you know, if you're like a binge watcher, you like watching some cool TV, Bates Motel. All right, we're going to listen now to the Bickersons, uh, Donna Michi, Francis Langford. They, for many years, played uh, John and Blanche Bickerson, a married couple who spent nearly all of their time together in relentless verbal warfare. Um, but they loved each other. They loved each other. Um, John was an insomniac. Uh, I should say John uh, slept a lot, and his wife was an insomniac. So, you know, there you go, right? She was like, get up. I want to talk to you. And he was like, leave me alone. I'm trying to sleep. I'm a bowling ball salesman. I need to sleep. <laughs> they had a show called Dream Time. Uh, it was called The Dream Show uh, with Dream uh, Shampoo, I guess it was. And uh, also, Danny Thomas played uh, Blanche's brother, Amos. Very funny series. We have an episode for you now from April 20th, 1947. Here's the Bickersons. From Hollywood, it's Dream Time. 
Ladies and gentlemen, the makers of Dream Shampoo are pleased to present The Dream Show, produced by Carlton Alsop and starring Donna Michi. Let me sleep, will you please, Blanche? Danny Thomas. It's a free country, I'm a citizen. And Francis Langford singing... I know that you know that I'll go where you go. I choose you, won't lose. I wish you knew how much I long to hold you in my arms this time. It's my time to soon be goodbye time. And in the starlight, hold me tight with one more little kiss, say 
It must be fate. I just have no luck with women. I Danny, that doesn't prove a thing. There's a time and place for romance. Ah, nothing works with me. I don't know. That's negative thinking. Now, you just made a picture, The Unfinished Dance. Didn't you and Karen Booth do any scenes together? Well, there, there was one scene when we were alone on the roof, and I, I slipped my arm around her waist. Then what did you do? I guessed her weight. You know, Danny, I hate to constantly criticize you, but I, I don't think you're the type to play a lover in pictures. I'm not? Don't let Don worry you, Danny. Where there's life, there's hope. That's got me worried, too, where there's hope they don't need Thomas. <laughs> but on second thought, maybe I shouldn't be so pessimistic. You know, Don, I have an uncle who wanted to be an actor, and he took dramatic lessons for ten years. And after all those years, he decided he had no talent at all. And he quit? Oh, no, it was too late. By that time, he was a big star. <laughs> confidence in you, Danny. There's a part in my next picture that I'd like to see you get. Did you ever play the part of a gay deceiver? A what? A gay deceiver. You know, a man who leads a woman on and leaves her in the dark. Oh, that's an usher. <laughs> no, Danny, I never saw mine work as peculiarly as yours. There's nothing peculiar about it. I just say whatever comes into my head. You have a point there. <laughs> what do you mean? Well, I think that the theater isn't ready for you yet. Oh, you're wrong, Don. The theater's in my blood. You'll have to prove that to me. Well, go on. Punch me in the nose and I'll bleed a little Shakespeare for you. Ah, <laughs> uh, what's the use? Danny, it took me years to learn to become an actor, and I honor you by talking about something you'll never have the capacity to understand. Oh, I appreciate it. I'm not finished yet. If I ever again find myself discussing the theater with you, I'll punish myself by going to the darkest regions of Africa, finding the most vicious tribe of headhunters, and have them shrink my head until it's the size of yours. Yeah, but... Let's go, Francis. But, Don... That's all I have to say. Yeah, but wait a minute, Don. How do you like that? Big shot movie star. What's so hard about being a movie star? I mean, one day you're putting your footprints in a cement, the ground is Chinese, and the next day you're mixing it. <laughs> he belittles me. I mean, anybody with half an eye can see I'm a greater talent than he is. Only thing is, where am I going to find somebody with half an eye? <laughs> he ridicules my head. You have a point there, he says to me. I should have said there's a reason for it. When I was six months old, my father was holding me upside down and dropped me into an ice cream cone, I should have said. That's <laughs> true. That's why one of my eyes are red and the other one's green. Tutti fruity. <laughs> You'll never get anywhere in pictures, he says to me. I should have said, oh, no. When my first picture was previewed at the Fox Theater, the line stretched all the way to the Paramount, I should have said. Hey, come to think of it, that's the way they were facing. <laughs> ah, so well. Those things happen. No, I care. I could be a bigger actor than Amici. I could even be a director or a producer. I could be the whole works. Sure, why not? It's a free country. I'm a citizen. I can just see me now running a studio. Stop the script. Tear up the camera. You're doing everything wrong. Let's have a conference. Do you think I'm a genius, men? Yes, yes. I'd like to hear that once again. Yes, yes. Some producers hire yes men, but I'm too big for that, am I not? Yes. Is there any producer around who has more talent or brains than I've got? Yes. You're fired. Yes. You're hired. Yes. I'm tired. Yes. Ah, shut up. <laughs> I'm Metro Goldwyn Thomas. I'm right there on the ball. My sagas are great epics every time. I prove that I'm emphatic in matters cinematic. I don't know what that means, but I love the rhyme. 
I met Pro Goldwyn Thomas, I startled one and all with pictures such as no one's ever seen. I innovate new factors, I don't use talking actors, instead the words are printed on the screen. And when I make my western, Cassidy won't hop along. Roy Rogers will neigh while eating his hay, and the horse will sing the song. What do you know, my favorite song, Zippity Doodah. <laughs> Metro Goldwyn Thomas has a million thrills in store. For instance, here's a picture that I promise I'll ignore. Hey, please judge you, Anna. No I'm putting my boy Giuseppe to jail for life as a police. <laughs> Giuseppe's a good kid. Always helps his mama wash the dishes. And every night they practice on the violin and the music. The music is so pretty like the birds are singing. Please, Ioana. This is my only boy, and we need him to work with us in the groceries. If he's such a good boy, why did he hijack a truck with 800 pounds of beef? Maybe he was hungry. <laughs> MGT Productions will be talked and raved about because I take an oath that I'll include this picture out. You better put down that gun, Lefty. You haven't got a chance. <laughs> Come on down off the roof. Yeah? Well, come and get me. Okay, Lefty. Here I come. I'm warning you, Steve. I'll drill you. Remember, Lefty, I'm your brother. You're my brother, but you're a copper, see? I hate coppers. Now stand back or I'll drill you. Lefty. <laughs> Lefty, I tried to help you, but you turned bad. It's time you paid for it. <laughs> but for Mom's sake, I'm going to let you take a couple of shots first. Okay, you ask for it. Shoot back, copper. I can't see you. You just shot off both my ears and my hat fell over my eyes. All right. That's the first portion of the Dream Show, which is uh, also known as The Bickersons. Don Amici, Francis Linkford. In the uh, next part of the show, the Bickersons have a sketch all about uh, cruising uh, along the Catalina Islands and uh, fishing. Very funny sketch. Are you going to stick around for that, Lisa, or are you um, going home early? I, if, if I had a ride, I'd probably leave now. <laughs> <laughs> stick around. We'll be right back. Hi, I'm Carl Amari. If you enjoy classic radio shows like The Shadow, Jack Benny, Gunsmoke, Dragnet, The Whistler, and Abbott and Costello, consider joining the Classic Radio Club. Each month, members receive 10 of the greatest classic radio shows of all time. As curator, the 10 shows I select will be the best sound quality and the most popular, along with a rare show sprinkled in to add to the fun. I'll also send you historical liner notes, plus photos of the radio stars. Members also receive an email each week with a link to the full five-hour Hollywood 360 radio show. The links never expire, so you can listen to Hollywood 360 whenever you'd like. The first month membership fee is only $1, with each additional month under $10. And you can cancel at any time with no obligation. By joining the Classic Radio Club, you're supporting this show, so we thank you very much. Join the Classic Radio Club at ClassicRadioClub.com. That's ClassicRadioClub.com. 
And now back to Hollywood 360 with Carl Amari. This is Hollywood 360. Crossover 100 radio stations coast to coast, plus American Forces Radio all over the world, where we bring you the greatest classic radio shows of all time, direct from the master recordings. We have over 100,000 shows licensed from the owners and estates, and we offer these incredibly terrific-sounding radio shows as part of our classic radio club. So if you like classic radio, you want to uh, join our club, we'd love to have you. Um, go to ClassicRadioClub.com. You get a ton of stuff. You get 10 shows every single month plus a booklet that has uh, all the details about those 10 shows you're going to be receiving. Plus you get our full five-hour Hollywood 360 podcast sent to you each week. So you'll never miss a single moment of our hijinks here. And very soon, and I'm talking about like a couple of weeks from now, you're going to also receive our brand new podcast, right, Lisa? That's right. We've been working on it, and we are very proud of it. It will be out soon, and it's called Radio Rarities. And uh, Carl and I host the show, and Mike produces the show. And uh, it's going to be really exciting because these radio shows are very special because they're unique. And uh, we're pretty confident you haven't heard them anywhere else. And the reason they're unique is because they could be pilot episodes. There could be errors in them that you wouldn't have known, so they weren't really on the circuit or maybe some really big stars in them that uh, we talk about. And we really dissect it, break it apart, and educate you prior to hearing the radio show so that you can be as educated as Carl is. <laughs> <laughs> and Carl Shadow uh, writes That's the show. Right. And uh, so I tell you, it's going to be fun. Um, we have the first uh, show, I think, going out in a couple of weeks. It'll be part of the Hollywood 360 podcast. So if you're not a Classic Radio Club member and you are a podcast subscriber, you will also get Radio Rarities. But if you want the entire enchilada, right. join the Classic Radio Club at ClassicRadioClub.com. Or if you just want the podcast, go to Hollywood360Radio.com and sign up for the podcast. All right, we're listening to the Bickersons, um, Donna Michi, Francis Langford. Um, they were hilarious as John and Blanche Bickerson. You're going to hear a funny sketch in this next uh, portion. This is going back to April 20th, 1947. Here's the conclusion to the Dream Show, also known as the Bickersons. My next production will reveal a great surprise to you. You have my word that here's another scene I'll never do. Nice out here on the fire escape, isn't it, Danny? Yeah, I guess so. Doesn't this spring night mean anything to you? Don't you know the birds are singing just for us? Francis, when a fella makes $18 a week, you can't afford to listen to nature. <laughs> Look into my eyes and tell me that. Stop it. Stop it, Francis. Why do you torment me like that? Don't you know how I really feel? Sometimes my lips dream that they're kissing yours. Then that nasty little voice in my head says she's pretty, Danny. And sweet and kind, why don't you buy her a diamond ring? You make $18 a week. And don't let her get down on her knees and scrub the floor till her knuckles bleed. Hire a maid, you make $18 a week. And the voice in my head chuckles. The chuckle becomes a laugh. The laugh becomes a roar and my brain explodes. Danny, you're tearing my heart to pieces. Why do you do this to me? Are you blind, Francis? Can't you see what I'm trying to prove? What? What are you trying to prove? That I'm a better actor than Amici. 
Not 50, not 75, but 100%. Yes, Dream Shampoo reveals 100% of the natural beauty of your hair. All its sparkle, all its dazzling brilliance, all its natural sheen. Yes, your hair can have that dazzling sheen the very first time that you use Dream. True, you see, Dream is not a soap shampoo, leaves no dull film as all soaps do. And listen, Dream doesn't dry out your hair. Instead, Dream's richer whipped cream leather leaves your hair easier to set, easier to curl, easier to arrange right after shampooing. So for all types of hair, dry, normal, or oily, use Dream Shampoo. Get it at all drug department or 10-cent stores in the familiar blue and yellow package. Or ask your beauty shop to use Dream. Don't forget, never before Dream could any shampoo leave your hair so lustrous yet so easy to manage. Yes, your hair can have that dazzling sheen the very first time that you use Dream. And now our lovely dream girl, Frances Langford, joins Carmen Dragon and his orchestra to sing Would You Believe Me?
And now Don Amici and Francis Langford as John and Blanche Bickerson in The Honeymoon is Over, written by Phil Rath. The Bickersons have retired. Three o'clock in the morning finds Mrs. Bickerson wide awake and anxious as poor husband John, victim of a progressive insomnia or Farclay's syndrome, a condition which causes the patient to awaken abruptly every two or three days, gives audible proof of his dread affliction. Listen. I've uncovered his feet. He keeps right on. <laughs> they say if you whistle in a monotone, maybe that'll work. Blanche. Blanche, wake up. What's the matter? Turn over your side. You're whistling. <laughs> I know I'm whistling. It's the only way I can stop you from snoring. Oh, it's just your imagination. I never snore. Go to sleep. John! Mm -hmm. Don't take it too lightly, John Vickerson. It's habits like that that wrecks more homes than drinking. It doesn't wreck my drinking. <laughs> Nothing could wreck your drinking. Is it any wonder we can't afford even the bare necessities of life when you squander every penny on that stuff? I never squander anything. I was cleaning up yesterday, and I found an empty bourbon bottle in the laundry hamper. What about it? I found another empty bottle under the icebox and two more empty bottles in the chandelier. That's where your money goes, isn't it? It is not. I never bought an empty bottle in my life. <laughs> I worked like a slave to save a dollar. Never a word of gratitude. I spend half my life cooking your meals, and what do I get for it? Nothing. You're lucky. I get indigestion. <laughs> right. Complain about my cooking. Oh, I eat everything you give me. You didn't touch the rhubarb pie I made. Well, it didn't look good. What was the matter with it? Whoever heard of a pie two feet long? <laughs> well, I couldn't get any shorter rhubarb. I hate rhubarb anyway. I hate all desserts, and you know it. Why don't you quit wasting your time making them? The minute I stop making desserts, you'll start asking for them. I know you, John. You're just the most contrary person Blanche, that will ever... will you please stop talking? No. Why not? Because if I stop talking, I'll fall asleep, and then you'll start snoring and get me up, so the only way I can get any sleep at all is to stay awake all night. I'll go figure that one out. Besides, I'm too sick to sleep. Uh-oh. I don't think I'll live through the night. I'm in such terrible pain. What's the matter now? I've got neuralgia or something. The pain starts in my temple and goes down my face and it jabs like a needle. Then I get dizzy and I feel as though I'm going to fade away. You say it, but you won't do it. <laughs> Why don't you do something for me and end my misery? I told you I'm dying. Okay, put on the lights. The lights are on. Take off your sleep shade. Oh. <laughs> 
Where do you keep your stockings? Stockings? What do you want my stockings for? You want me to end your misery, don't you? <laughs> Give me a stocking. John, you're going to strangle me. Oh, I'm not going to strangle you. Then what do you want my stocking for? I'm going to soak it in bourbon. It's the finest remedy in the world. John Dickerson, you're not going to tie any bourbon-soaked stocking around my face. You don't tie it, you chew it slowly. <laughs> Start at the toe and gradually work your way up to the top. Is that supposed to put me to sleep? No, but it'll make it a pleasure to stay awake. <laughs> well, where's the bourbon? I don't want it. I don't want you trying out those insane remedies on me. All right, then suffer. Put out the lights. How can anybody be so unfeeling? Well, I'm sleepy and it's after three o'clock. You won't let me help you. You just want to keep me awake, don't you? Why don't you admit it? I'm sick. Well, chew a stocking. <laughs> You wouldn't tell Gloria Gooseby to chew a stocking. Oh, now, don't start with Gloria Gooseby. Believe me, that woman knows how to get sympathy and attention. Blanche, can't I spend one day of my life without Gloria Gooseby? Is that why you've been spending your days? <laughs> I forbid you to ever mention that woman's name again as long as you live. Do you hear me? And you know where I am every minute of my life. What time did you get in tonight? I got in at 2 o'clock. I went to a bachelor dinner given for your broken-down brother Amos who's going to get married tomorrow. We went all through this when I got home, didn't we? You didn't tell me what happened at the bachelor dinner. Nothing happened. Just a lot of men smoking and swapping stories. No women? No women. How'd you get the lipstick on your collar? It isn't lipstick, it's blood. I cut myself shaving tonight. You didn't shave tonight. Well, then I cut it yesterday. You put on a clean shirt before you left. How'd the blood get on that? I'm a slow bleeder. <laughs> well, what are you driving at, Blanche? Don't act so innocent. I know all about these bachelor dinners. Don't tell me there were only bachelors there. There were all married men and only one bachelor, your brother Amos. No women? No women. Hmm. If you knew all about bachelor dinners, why didn't you make a party for them right here in your own house? Because I'm not entertaining this season. You're never entertaining. Maybe I'm not. Not as much as those dancers at bachelor dinners. Nobody danced! <laughs> All we did was give a word of advice to a young man about to get married. What was your word of advice? Don't. <laughs> sure. That's just like you to discourage my poor brother before he gets married. He's got a lovely girl and he's a wonderful boy. Oh, They'll wonderful. get along beautifully. What right did you have to discourage him? Oh, I didn't discourage him. Everybody kidded him. You hate being married, don't you? No, I don't hate it. But you don't like it. I wouldn't say that. Why not, John? It'll only start another argument. <laughs> Why don't you let me sleep, Blanche? I have to get up so early in the morning. We'd be much happier if you'd talk to me more. Ugh. Mel Shaw tells Louise everything that happens. Oh, what of it? I tell you lots of things that never happen at all. <laughs> You'll never convince me. You just sat around tonight smoking and telling stories. I swear that's all there was to it, Blanche. Except after the speeches were over... Amos awarded a high silk hat to any man who could get up and say he never kissed any woman except his wife since they were married. Mel Shaw won it. Why didn't you stand up? Oh, Blanche, you know I look like the devil in a high hat. I don't know, John. You're certainly not the same man I married. Don't tell me there's a loophole. See, that's exactly what I mean. No matter how I try to be soft and pleasant to you, you'll always say some sarcastic remark and start an argument again. Well, I'm just sleepy. When we were engaged, you were never sleepy. All you wanted to do was hold my hand and stare at me. Mm. 
You said I was on your mind every minute of the day and night. You couldn't think of anything but me. Well, I married you, didn't I? What for? So I could forget you. <laughs> that's no lie. Here you are running off every night to smokers and bachelor dinners. Leave me here all alone with no friends. Oh, I never leave you alone. Let me spend the rest of my days in solitude, growing old and feeble. Nobody to give me any food and no strength to walk to the kitchen. Blanche. Why don't you get me a wheelchair, John? <laughs> Why don't you stop getting hysterical and set aside a 10 seconds you made yourself 90 years old? You're just trying to start something again. Nothing would ever start if you didn't snore like a steamboat. Well, can I help it if I snore? Yes, you can. Oh. Dr. Marvin says you snore on account of your windpipe. Yeah. You have a flaccid trachea, and when you inhale, it flutters. Why don't you let him fix it? Okay, I'll have it fixed next week. You say it, but you won't do it. Let him fix it now. What? Go on, get up and let Dr. Marvin pull out your trachea. Are you out of your mind? Do you think I'm going to let that butcher bore holes in my throat? He doesn't bore. He just inflates it with a needle. I don't care if he blows it up with a bicycle pump. <laughs> Nobody's going to fool around with my trachea. <laughs> I, I never heard of such a thing. Well, go sleep in the kitchen. All right, I'll go sleep in the kitchen. And on your way, I want you to send a wire to Amos and tell him marriage is good for him. Now, wait a minute, Blanche. I'm warning you, John. If you don't wire Amos this minute, I'll get my all right, things. All right, all right, all right, all right, all right. I swear you can think of more things to keep... Oh, oh, my knee, oh. Put on the lights. The lights are on. Take off your sleep chair. <laughs> Sending wires at 4 o'clock in the morning to... Hello, Western Union. I want to send a wire to Amos Badger. Carry United Nations Pool Hall. <laughs> yes, that's where he lives. Make it a nice telegram. Say, dear Amos... Congratulations on your forthcoming marriage. You're doing the wise and sensible thing, and life will take on a new meaning for you. I only hope that you and your bride will be as happy as Blanche and I have been. I heartily recommend the serious step you're about to take. Uh, just a minute. You want to add anything, Blanche? Blanche. Mm. Hello? Say, P.S. Blanche just fell asleep. Stay single, you idiot. <laughs> Signed, John. Goodbye. This is Toby Reed reminding you, never before dream, yes, never before dream, could any shampoo reveal 100% of the natural luster of your hair. Listen next Sunday for another pleasant half hour with Don Amici, Danny Thomas, Francis Langford, Carmen Dragon, and his orchestra. And now here is Don Amici wishing you good days, good nights, and good luck until we meet again. Danny Thomas appeared through the courtesy of Metro-Goldwyn-Mayer, producers of The Sea of Grass. Danny Thomas's songs were written by Jerry Seelan with special music by Carmen Dragon. NBC, the national broadcasting company. That's The Dream Show from April 20th, 1947. Don Amici, Francis Langford, along with Danny Thomas, Carmen Dragon and his orchestra, and Toby Reed doing the announcing there. 
for Dream Shampoo, as heard on NBC. Hope you enjoyed that. Time for This Month in Music History. Would you like to hear a little music from 1998? I sure, it's why not? It's a classic hey, year, yeah, right? Sure. Let's, let's hear the first song. All right. Every moment spent with you is a moment I treasure. What is it, Carl? There you go. I don't want to miss a thing. Aerosmith. Oh, that's Aerosmith. Yeah. This is for the 1998 film Armageddon. Oh, it is. Which Steven Tyler's daughter, Liv Tyler, starred in. Right. And he wrote that song. Ben Affleck, right? Was Ben Affleck in that? Armageddon? I thought so. I think he was, actually. Yes, he was. was. And also, there were some other songs performed by Aerosmith in that movie. Was I in that that movie, movie too? Was I? I think you were. I might have been in that movie, too. I I think you were. You sang a song. Didn't you sing with with Aerosmith in that film? I might have. Sweet Emotion. I I think that was your song. Yeah. Good one. I was doing a lot of acting back then in 1998. Acting, singing, dancing, you know, the whole nine yards. Traveling to the moon. (laughs) I actually went past the moon one Uh time, you know. Well, you did study in college. That's true. That's true. You did study to be an astronaut. I did study to be an astronaut. Um, Right. I took up space. I I was hoping you wouldn't give the punchline. I was just going to leave it right there, but darn it. But I don't (laughs) want to miss a thing. All right, well, thanks, Lisa Yeah, we've got many more every hour. All right, when we come back, it's more of Hollywood 360. Stick around. More Hollywood 360 after these important messages. And now back to Hollywood 360 with Carl Amari. In our next hour, it is Escape, radio's greatest series of high adventure. Going back to 1953, and uh, we'll also play Beat the Host, right, Lisa? That's exactly right. It is a big day coming up for Maya Rudolph. She's turning 50 on July 27th, so I thought we'd do a little Beat the Host about Maya Rudolph. So if you'd like to play the game, be on the air, and win a great uh, prize, you can give us a call at 312-642-5600. We're looking for caller number 10. All right, that's all in our next hour. We'll see you soon. Hi, this is Suzanne Newman, host of the Answers for Elders podcast and radio show. We are the North Star that guides you through the complicated journey of senior care with trusted experts in money, law, living solutions, and more. So join us on this station, your favorite podcast channel, or just go to AnswersForElders.com. Meet the Wayshowers who will help your journey a lot easier.